This is the Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors Podcast, sponsored by Bemidji State University and Northwest Technical College. The Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors Podcast is also sponsored by Visit Bemidji. Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors covers the lakes, woods, trails, wildlife, and anything else going on outdoors in Paul Bunyan's playground. Today on the podcast, we check in with newlywed Chuck Hazzy of walleyes, weddings, weather, and weighted fish. It's all coming up. If you're fascinated by what you're hearing today, Bemidji State University might be the place for you when it comes to college. They're located amid the lakes and forests of the Northwoods, and it's the only place in Minnesota where you can earn a four-year degree in aquatic biology. It's a state-of-the-art program on the shores of Lake Bemidji, giving you high-tech lakeside facilities and ample opportunity for research and a hands-on education. You can choose fisheries biology, aquatic systems, or wetlands ecology. An aquatic biology education at Minnesota's premier Northwoods University. It's the right fit for you. Visit BemidjiState.edu. Hi, this is Chuck Hasse on Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors, doing my part to keep Kev Jackson employed for another year. Hey, we're checking in with Chuck Hazzy of Leisure Outdoor Adventures as we get into the uh, serious fall bite in Paul Bunyan Country. Uh, Chuck taking time out from busy prep. Uh, first of all, Chuck, uh, thanks for joining us. Thank you, thank you. Chuck is getting married this weekend. Secondly, Chuck, congratulations. Thanks, Kev. Yeah, it, uh, right now I'm we're we're trying to get the the yard organized, and I'm sitting in the truck talking to you and Jim Flesh is out dragging chairs and tables around, so we can we can drag this out however long you want, and we'll just <laughs> we'll just let him keep working. I think that's a great plan. <laughs> <laughs> So you you're okay moving married into this flesh family, huh? Yeah, you know it, it took me a while to to kind of fully succumb to it, but I, I think it's actually going to happen. <laughs> uh, let's talk a little bit of fishing because you uh, you have been able to do that up until recently. Uh, how has the fall bite been on leech right now? You know, it started a, a few weeks ago. The fish started the the walleyes and perch out here started to uh, do a few of their fall things and move into some of their fall areas where they're more concentrating on on bait fish like perch minnows smaller young of the year minnows and then we kind of had a stall for a little bit we had a nice week of warmer weather and it, it kind of put a stall on but now here oh in the last five to five to six days i'd say we put that water temp down in the in the mid mid 50s roughly and uh things are are starting to go now it's a little later than normal but Kind of when you sit back and look at it, this whole spring was pushed back maybe a month. So I guess I guess it makes sense looking back at the spring. So what are we throwing at them right now? Jigs and minnows. You know that's that's fall time is jigging a minnow time. Um, that's what most guys are doing. I will actually fish a night crawler all the way up until until freeze up. You can still catch them on leeches, however. As that water gets really cold here, it's those those leeches like to ball up, kind of in a ball from that cold water, so they don't seem to work as well. But jigs and minnows, crawlers, you can catch them on artificials, any kind of reaction bait. Uh, the the fish are are putting the feed bag on now, trying to gain weight for winter. So they'll they'll pretty much eat just about whatever you throw at them. You just got to put it in the front of the right fish in the right position. In your opinion, how was the year overall on leech? You know, it, I've, I've heard both reviews. I've had, I've had guys that, uh, have had one of their best years they can remember out here. And I've heard 
from a lot of people that struggled and you know it, it seems like the guys using the newer technology the forward sonar the mega imaging where you can actually use that to your advantage to to keep your boat position off of the fish you're actually fishing those are the guys that catch fish if you drag a lindy rig right over the side of the boat or you're trying to vertical jig and 10 12 feet of water right now it's probably not gonna it's not going to be real productive because of how clear the water is and that's just one of the things that we're going to have to keep battling moving forward here for the next few years i'd say yeah that seems to to be something we're hearing a lot of um and on a lot of lakes and it's an adjustment doesn't mean the fish aren't there anymore it just means they're moving into different areas i'm seeing plenty of fish on my electronics and uh you know, it's not like you drive around and, and they're not there. Um, there's fish there. Just the amount of pressure in the in the clear water has uh, kind of caught up to everything now. And uh, the, the sad reality is it's, it's not as easy as it used to be. And that's just increased fishing pressure, increased, you know, electronics. Um, you know, a lot of the pressure that we had from, say, the Canadian border being shut down over the last two years, we've, you know, that's that's taken its toll on the lake too. That's added pressure that Leech Lake doesn't normally get. So we're just going to have to adapt. And uh, those that are willing to change things up a little bit and maybe try something that they haven't done before are, are going to be just fine. And But if you go out there and, and fish them the same way you have for the last 40 years, there's going to be days where you catch some, and there's going to be days where you struggle. I've heard pretty good things from bass over there this year. What are you hearing from the bass anglers? What are you hearing from uh, father-in-law Jim when it comes to the muskies? Yeah, the bass bite has been particularly strong. Um, I even, believe it or not, tried my hand at it a few times this this summer, and we were able to put some nice nice smallmouth bass in the boat. Um, largies, I know uh, Jeff uh, Gustafson, Gussie was just here maybe a week to 10 days ago and they did a couple little film seg- segments out here and, and caught some nice fish. So the bass fishing has, has seemed to stay pretty strong throughout the entire year. Um, muskies, little, uh, there's been a couple, a couple muskie tournaments out here in the last month or so and numbers of fish that were actually caught, I would say, are down a little bit. It sounds like People are seeing fish and, and some reaction, but not a lot making it to the boat. So it's been a little bit tougher year, I'd say, for the muskie anglers. Yeah, it's, it's been an unusual year. You mentioned the, you know things got started late. We really haven't uh, until recently seen significant temp drops. Today's really the first cool day we've had in Bemidji in about a week and a half. So, I mean, I don't even know if we're in the typical fall water temps yet. Right, yeah. I mean, it's... It, but it's been hovering in the 56 to 62 degree range for quite a long period of time. We we haven't really had any hard frost or anything at, at night that's really going to knock that water temperature down. And uh, until that happens, you know, maybe 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 it's starting to happen now a little more, and we'll get a little bit longer bite into the fall than we normally do. So we'll just. We'll just have to see, and, you know, as Minnesotans, we know that you, you never know what the weather's going to do. So <laughs> that, that is a fact. Um, from, from a guide's perspective, are you still getting plenty of work? Do you still have a lot of people coming into town even this late in the season? The reality is in, in the fall, late September through October, 
Um, there's a couple of us that aren't, aren't school teachers that, that stay really busy. There's still demand for trips. Um, a lot of the guys that are out here from May until September are, are school teachers. So they go back to school after Labor Day and, and there's only a handful of us left. So we kind of all work together and try to get everyone we possibly can out in the boat. You know, whether this time of year can be a wild card, you might have a, a 65 degree day one day and then you throw a day like today where you got a big northwest wind and it's spitting a little rain right now and you know i even heard of a little snow in northern minnesota earlier this morning it's just having the the proper gear to fish through that well the nice thing is and i think we've talked about this in the past we in the modern age uh, we've got gear that doesn't uh weigh 700 pounds that can keep you plenty warm and plenty dry it's 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 really nice. Um, Leisure Outdoors, we're, we we do have a sponsor in in Blackfish Gear, and uh, we get quite a bit of product um, from them. Um, even some new stuff that maybe hasn't even hit the market yet, just for us to try. And you know the the lightweight fleece line stuff is going to keep you warm on a day like today. And then you've got the outer shells. Anything with the seam sealed zipper is going to keep you dry, and that's. That's the difference between sticking it out an extra three, four hours or uh, just getting to the point where it's where you can't really take it anymore. And once you get wet, you throw in these cooler temperatures, and, and, and then it's no fun. So, you know, having the right kind of gear and, and all that is just in clothing is, is important as having the right kind of bait or having the right kind of jigs or having the right kind of action of rod. It's If, if you don't have it, you're going to be... Um, a little less productive. Well, let's let's talk about the other thing that happens in the fall, and that is hunting. I saw a, a post uh, you put up the other day about that your son really loves to duck hunt. Uh, have you had a chance to get out there and do any duck hunting yet? I haven't. Um, I, I haven't duck hunted yet. I haven't even sat in a tree yet, which is <laughs> which is pretty sad. Um, I guess I do a little bit more bow hunting than I do duck hunting the the waterfall thing my oldest boy he's a he's a nut about it i think he's maybe missed one day since season is open um but the other thing with with the warm temperatures i you know if if you do take an animal a a deer you're kind of in a rush to get that thing uh, processed with the warm weather so i'll just i'll just wait i've learned to be patient i'll wait till the weather cools down a bit Yeah, well, it's it's virtually impossible for most people to find the time to do all of the things they want to do. Oh, it doesn't matter. If you're sitting in a deer stand, you're going to say, man, it'd be a nice night to be in the boat. And if you're in the boat, you're going to say, man, look at all these ducks flying around. We should be duck hunting. Or you start looking at the leaves falling and think, well, maybe I'll, maybe I'll try to shoot a grouse in the morning. It's just, it's like one big giant month of of fun pushed together and a guy just doesn't have enough time to do it all it's kind of like a, somebody was telling me uh that he you know he interviews a lot of celebrities and he said all the athletes they want to be rock stars all the rock stars they want to be athletes <laughs> yep exactly <laughs> yep that is exactly the case but yeah you find the time you try to do a little bit of everything as best you can i guess correct and then you throw fall sports in there you've got volleyball games and football games and and it's there needs to be more hours in the day. Yeah, and then weddings. There's always weddings. Yep, there's <laughs> there's always weddings. Yep, there's always a few guide trips that have to be done. Yet it's never a dull moment. Chuck Hazzy of Leisure Outdoor Adventures, my guest. Chuck's of course been in a lot of big time fishing tournaments, so you know what topic we're going to tackle next.
I'm Jason Durham, the smarter and better looking Jason, and this is Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors. If you're ready to write the next chapter of your life and love the outdoors, Northwest Technical College might be the perfect fit. Northwest Technical College in Bemidji has state-of-the-art technical education and six career paths in the heart of the Northwoods. Automotive, building trades, business, health, child care, and manufacturing technology. We're surrounded by more than 400 lakes and acres and acres of forests. You can be fishing, you can be hunting, and you can be plotting the course of your life all at the same place. The shortest path to your dream job begins at Northwest Technical College, Bemidji's Technical College. Learn more today. Visit ntcmn.edu. Hi, this is Dick Beardsley, Bemidji Area Fishing Guide. I'd like to invite you to come to our beautiful town of Bemidji. We've got over 400 lakes in our area teeming with walleye, pike, muskie, bass, and panfish. We're the gateway to the Chippewa National Forest. We've got miles upon miles of biking and hiking trails. Paul Bunyan and Babe the Blue Ox. Fine shops and eateries in downtown Bemidji. Headwaters of the mighty Mississippi at Itasca State Park. Beautiful resorts, hotels, and bed and breakfasts. Visit Bemidji one step further. I'm Kevin Cochran of Kevin Cochran's Musky Guide Service, and I catch fish bigger than Kev Jackson on a daily basis. Last week, I had the chance to talk with Chuck Hazzy of Leisure Outdoor Adventures on his wedding eve eve, and with all his participation in big-time tournaments, well, you knew we had to talk about a certain topic. Well, listen, i got to talk to you about this because you've been in a lot of fishing tournaments and a lot of big-dollar fishing tournaments, and I know you're well aware of what happened on Lake Erie last weekend, right? I am, yeah. My first original thought is the amount of time and money and time away from family that a lot of these anglers put into these tournaments, it's all been compromised at that point, and it's, it's really... It really hit me hard when you start thinking about it. Some of these guys are, are taking two weeks out of their, you know, normal everyday jobs or a week or five days. It doesn't matter. Everyone's time is valuable. And to have that compromised is just, it, it gives you a complete sickening feeling. And everyone's held accountable at these tournaments. And the reality is if you're, if you're cheating, you're going to get caught. It's it's a matter of time. And it sounds like these guys may have been doing it. I, I don't know, but it sounds like there may have been questioned in, in years past. And I just, I commend that Waymaster and uh, Rules Director. They took a gamble. I mean, when he first fish, he probably wasn't 100% convinced that something was going on. But the fact that he did do that, is going to set an example, and that's not just the the loot tournament that that series that goes on there on Lake Erie. That goes for every tournament, and you know there's consequences and even dinner. But before they actually give you anything, you have to pass a polygraph, and everybody knows that. So, bottom line is, it's just it's sad. You know, it it puts a bad name out for tournament anglers. I, I would like to think most people would know that this is a very, very, very small percentage of people that may be trying to get away with this, but it just puts a bad bad taste in your mouth, and, a, and, it, and it looks bad for fishermen in general. So I, I'm glad they were caught, and I'm glad it was made a huge example. There was one point, even as I'm looking at my ESPN app, it made the top ten headlines yeah. of national news. So the more publicity that 
that that can get and the more publicity that the second place anglers that actually did win i mean we should be talking about them as as much as what actually happened it's kind of a thing that catches you off guard but uh you put a lot of money on the line on the line and and people there are people out there that will do things and try to take advantage of it well the thing is now that they've been caught the fact of the matter is that's basically trying to steal money. I mean, there's there's criminal charges probably coming. Yep, so. exactly. And, uh, you know, it's that, that both of them are, are going to be remembered forever. But, I mean, the one guy who just stood there as they took those sinkers and fillets and pliers and he sat there and you look at his shirt and he's got all of his, his sponsors on his jersey and everything. And you think about the sponsors and the effects that it has on them and... It, there, there's a trickle down there. It, it looks bad for a lot of people, but again, I'm I'm glad that they were caught, and uh, you know they were they're going to be held accountable. Well, I'm glad they were caught. I'm also glad they got out alive because I didn't think for a while as I'm watching that video. I don't know if they're going to get out of here alive. Yeah, it <laughs> put an angry mob out there, and uh, it's you know basically what it is is they they're stealing from every one of those anglers. Every one of those anglers had the same chance to play at the same field, and and it didn't happen that day. So, I don't I don't blame anyone one bit for being angry, and uh, they they finally got what was coming to them. I mean, I'm not going to ask for any names or anything like that. But have you ever been in a tournament where you felt something funny was going on? I can't say I ever have. No. Good. I mean, the reality is, you'd have to be in a complete different mindset. I mean. I don't. I guess I don't even know how to explain it. There, there hasn't of all the tournaments I've fished, I can't say that I've ever looked across at another angler and and actually had the thought cross my mind that you know maybe they weren't following the rules in some way, shape, or form. The tournaments that are held around here in the Upper Midwest, it doesn't matter what series you fish, they're all will, really well ran. And bottom line is those waymasters, they know what a fifteen bag. 15 pound bag looks like they know what a 22 pound bag looks like they've handled enough fish that those guys i mean they went to a point it, we're not talking about a couple pounds i mean they're talking about eight pounds and <laughs> i i think it, it actually they've probably been getting away with it and you know each time you maybe up it a little more but uh yeah i i'm just glad it's a, a rare occasion and an example was set i believe and uh we just move on from here now. Well, I just think about the hundreds, maybe at this point, 30-something years, thousands of people I've talked to, you know, who've been in fishing tournaments, and uh, even, you know, guys that are high-level, you know, that's what they do. That's their 100% their job is fishing tournaments. I just right. can't even fathom them thinking that way. I just, that vibe has never occurred to me that any of these guys are like that it's it's a rarity in the fishing world it really is and i hope i think most people know that it is and you look at you look at the area here from say brainerd to bemidji to grand rapids we all know who who fishes a lot who tournament fishes who guides we're like a family and you know you even think about someone who has the audacity to steal from your own family member it's it's pretty pretty crazy when you think about it it's it's a tight-knit group i mean that the angry mob there at lake erie you know all those guys know each other they fish the same series they fish the same tournaments year after year after year 
the tournament director went on and did a live video about apologizing about using profane language. You know, there there might have been kids around and stuff like that, but that I mean, I believe he handled it in the way that should have been handled. And emotions were high, and and things happened. But uh, you know, maybe there'll be some good out of this. Maybe if there is anyone else that's in that situation that has been doing it, they they might think twice about doing it now. Speaking of tough to see, uh, Chuck Hazzy, let's get your uh, Twins postmortem. Oh boy! <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. it—they—they uh, they looked more like a like a Triple A team towards the end of the year. I don't know; they're going to out of pieces, you know, that they have to make some decisions on. I mean, there was some good things. It's just—it's tough to look at their roster and believe where they actually ended up, but. You know, when it comes down to it, it's it's always pitching, and you know the 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 middle aged guys that are reclamation projects and guys coming off injury that they're hope to catch lightning in a bottle. It just it doesn't work, and it it hasn't worked for years and years. And uh, I don't know, I don't know what to think. This the saber metrics, all the analytics, and and all that is playing heavy heavy roles in some of these things. And you got to go and get ball players. Nicky Punto or Dan Gladden or guys like that that play the game hard and may not have the most talent out of everyone, but, you know, they, they, they give 110%, and those are the guys that guys are going to rally around in the clubhouse, and that builds a, a winning, you know, establishment. So I don't know what your thought is on Baldelli and the, the GMs and all that, sure. but I would guess that it's, it's 50-50 whether they'll be back. They, they have some big decisions to make, and whether Correa comes back, I mean, do you pay him? Do you pay him again to have the, the same year that he had this year? I don't I don't right. know. I mean, I get he's he's great defensively, but missing Buxton hurt us a lot, and, and some other players like Kepler didn't seem to have a very good season and a few injuries here and there, and the, the wheels can come off really fast, and that's kind of what happened the last month or two. You need one or two monster arms. Monster arms are really expensive, and I don't know if they're willing to spend that kind of money for them, but then that's what you have to do to compete in Major League Baseball. If you're not going to find one in your system, you got to sign one, and I don't see one coming up in the system. Correct. That's not saying these monster arms even want to come to Minnesota. <laughs> well, that's, you still got to convince them of that as well. Right. I want to say I heard they were in the mix for Verlander, Um you know, before the season started, and it looks like what it came down to was just a few million dollars. And again, I get it; he might have been somewhat of a reclamation project, but he's Jason Verlander. Yeah, and he had an ERA under two this year, so there's right. that. <laughs> uh, wild wins. How many are we going to get this year? You know, I think I think they'll make the playoffs, um, but I don't know if they're deep enough with goaltending. I I have a bad feeling. I, I love Flower, and everyone loves him, but I think having a kind of a one-two punch there may have been the way to to get through that, and maybe a couple more, you know, little tougher, little bigger defensemen. Um, it didn't seem like they they made a lot of change, and uh, yet again they were kicked out of the first round of the playoffs. So we'll see. Could be a complete new year. Those young guys now have been playing 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 with each other for a year or two now so things could start clicking but well let's wrap it up with a quick fast five okay all right sounds good 
Fast five, 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 five. Here comes question number one. Does your bride-to-be fish? Yes. Is that important to you, by the way? It is, yeah. <laughs> the reality is we don't get to fish with each other enough. Um, just doing what I do, there's not a lot of days where I say, hey, let's hop in the boat and go fishing. Say more so in the winter, we'll go sit in the fish house for a while. We'll bring the kids out there. Um, maybe a few days in the spring when the weather gets nice before walleye opener. But um, the answer is yes, just not as much as uh, we'd like to. All right. Question number two. What is, like, if you, if you could pick it, last meal, what is your favorite food? Oh, it's tough to beat a steak. Um, probably a big, rare porterhouse with a uh, baked potato and sweet corn. Ooh, that sounds really good. Yep, I can't argue <laughs> with that at all. You might be able to get a bigger one than me, but I will eat a plenty big one, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Question number three, are you a coffee drinker? Yes. Black or additives? Straight, just black, just black. No additives. Um, I drink more coffee in the winter than I do in the summer, I'd say. Um, but I just like plain black coffee. All right. Question number four. Now this goes back to the conversation we were having about trying to find time to do everything. you got to pick one for the rest of your life. Are you going fishing or are you going hunting? Fishing. I thought that might be the answer. <laughs> It'd be a tough call. It'd be a tough call, but definitely fishing. Maybe just because it's a longer season. Um, but yeah, it would be it would be tough to eliminate that from my life at this point. <laughs> uh, yes. And finally, question number five: Who will win the division? Use your head, not your heart. Vikings or Packers? <sighs> I hate to say it, but I. I think I think the Vikings are going to win it. Okay. All right. I I, I'm not overly impressed with the Packers. I hope it doesn't come down to quarterback play late in the season because I'm not 100% confident in that, but I, I am kind of leaning Vikings way too. Yeah, it, uh, the, the more Cousins gets comfortable with this system, um, you know, I think better things are going to happen. Um, and maybe allow to open up the playbook a little bit. I just don't think Rodgers trusts his receivers enough, and that that could change. I mean, it, it's, he's got a couple young receivers, and maybe by game 10, 12, 13, he'll have the confidence in them, but I think that's what it's going to come down to is him not trusting his receivers, and uh, the, the Vikings, they, they get to learn this offense a little bit, little bit better and uh the defense tightens up a little bit especially on the front line and uh i think the the schedule kind of favors the vikings all right well chuck soon to be hitched has he joining me on the show today chuck thanks for taking the time i know you're really busy this week and again congratulations to you and your bride to be and i hope everything goes great this weekend for you thank you kevin i appreciate it anytime that's it for today. We've got a lot of great podcasts coming up this week. We're going to hear from Chris Uphoff recapping the Alexandria area fishing season. Edie Everts takes a look at the Bemidji area lake scene. 
we got a couple great lakes of the week and Blaine Clement with tales from an Alaska fishing trip and a Colorado elk hunting trip. All coming up on the podcast in the next week. I'm Kev Jackson. Thank you for being here. Come on, yeah, country.